BSD Talk, number 210. It's Saturday, December 24th, 2011. I guess uh, this will be the last interview of 2011. This is the second and final interview that I did at Lisa in Boston, so it is a week too old, but I believe all the content is still relevant. Nothing earth-shattering has changed since then, so here it is. Welcome to BSD Talk. Um, we're here with James Nixon here at Lisa in Boston, and I see you're here with the IX Systems booth, and you brought a bunch of neat stuff to show off. So I was just wondering what you're what you're demoing to people. Uh, we're demoing TrueNAS on our on our mini NAS system. Um, it has a ZFS version 28, as opposed to FreeNAS currently has uh, version 15. So as you may or may not know. Uh, FreeNAS doesn't currently have deduplication or uh, stuff like that, but um, with the TrueNAS offering, you get dedupe and ZFS replication, and uh, we've been demoing that uh, for the last two days, and people seem to like it. And I noticed you have, along with some of that big TrueNAS appliance um, that an enterprise might buy, um, you have this nifty little box there that looks something that, you know, I might want to have at my house or maybe at a small business. I think a lot of people have been looking at that and think it's pretty neat. Yeah, it's, uh, it fits right under your desk. Um, we don't actually advertise it too heavily because uh, it's it's not it's not something that we're really trying to push, but it's definitely one of the more interesting uh, things on our product line. Um, yeah, and so you got this sort of free NAS, true NAS split, and it looks like what you've been demoing uh, is the true NAS, which has all those backported features. Um, now, how you know, IX Systems, I guess, is still the primary sponsor of free NAS also? Yeah. So we uh, we took that over uh, a couple years ago um, for Olivier and the project, and uh, since we've uh, start we've redid freenas.org and we created new forums. And uh, I've been recently working with the community to add more features to the forums and stuff like that. So, yeah, I guess that that's always a fear when when a project is taken over or there's another group, and, and particularly when you did a complete rewrite, because I guess there were. Um, while it was sort of monolithic in the previous release, it had a lot of these additional features. And then when when IX took it over, the goal was to rewrite it and make it modular with plugins. But sure. clearly, sort of that the dynamic and you know I know a lot of time has elapsed. But have you had a sense that the community is still pretty strong? You get a lot of people involved. Yeah, the the community is pretty strong uh, and very vocal, <laughs> um, which we like because uh, you know it's it's nice to know what they need and what they want. Um, We've been trying to um, make sure that they're appeased, you know. Um, with the plug-in system, uh, I know the, the community is really looking for stuff like mini DNLA so they can stream to their PlayStations or, or their TVs and, and, you know, transmission for torrenting and stuff like that. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have the plug-in system finished for the 8.0 release, so... Uh, actually, the API is being polished up right now um, for that, and uh, hopefully soon I'll be writing my first plugin. <laughs> well, good, good. Yeah, um, you know those aren't features that I that I ever used, um, so I'm sort of not feeling the pain of, of sure. that. But I, I can imagine a lot of people who had them at home, you know, because when you do have a lot of um, 
content and media and other kinds of things that we've all downloaded legally, <laughs> such as open source uh, operating system install ISOs and stuff like that. Of course, exactly, sure. Um, that being able to have access to that without having to do something like a Windows share or, or something else probably makes it pretty useful. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't know whether that small box um, is something that a lot of home users would do versus because it seemed to me that the um, with the previous version. It was something that was very easy to fit onto a spare machine, but I guess once you start putting ZFS into play, the amount of RAM you need and right. other kinds of things does mean that it's a little bit more of an investment. Yeah, ZFS is a memory hog, um, especially if you're running it with deduplications, like something like two gigs of memory per terabyte or something. It's wow, yeah, immense. So, uh, yeah, we have we we pack that mini with like six gigs of RAM, mm. and and that seems to work for that config. So, sure. So. Sort of on a on a day to day basis when you're working with IX, um, could you sort of describe some of the stuff that you're doing in the whole free NAS world over there? Sure. Um, they have me work on uh, the layout a lot. Um, initially, I did a lot of Django stuff, but I've been shying away from that because we don't really need much Django work um, from me recently. Um, and doing like a community, um, I don't know if it's advocacy or or, or what else, but. Um, I don't know if I haven't really been um, deeply involved uh, when they ask me, "Hey, why is this template broken?" Or you know, can you you know I can usually find out where it broke you know because I'm I'm well versed on the Django template. So uh, I know to answer your question, I guess uh, I'm just there for moral support these days, and and uh, you know some you know. Uh, Maybe I, you know, ideas for, you know, where to go with the interface. You know, like uh, we want to do simple uh, and advanced, and uh, I want an initial setup wizard that will kind of ask you questions and kind of guide you through the UI and, you know, get you what you need. Um, and then the advanced users could always use what we have right now to make changes after the wizard's done, but. Uh, I have what I plan on doing is um, writing the first uh, plugin. Um, John Hickson is currently working on the API, and so I've just been kind of waiting for that to get finished so I can get started on the next big chunk of work. Now, is that that plugin system? Is that based on um, the PBI system that they have with PCBSD? Yeah, I believe so, and um, I'm not. I'm not quite sure what the differences are um, because I haven't tested it yet, but um, I believe it's it's building a plugin for TrueNAS or FreeNAS will be a lot like making a PBI module for PCBSD. And uh, as long as you um, speak to our API, you can use Django to create your plugin or you can use whatever language you prefer. And you know, I guess speaking of PCBSD, um, I guess uh, one of the other booths here at the conference is the um, FreeBSD Foundation, and I also see that they have a um, PCBSD uh, banner and everything there. And I guess you're, oh, here comes a ambulance here in Boston uh, <laughs> coming into our audio. Um, but I guess you're a, you're a heavy user also of PCBSD on your desktop, and I sort of lost track over these past couple months as to what release they're at. Um, I believe we're at RC3. Um, I've actually been running... Um, PCBSD 9 Isotope Edition since Beta 1, and uh, 
I haven't had to use a disk to reinstall or upgrade since. So um, I'm really enjoying PCBSD9's um, uh, system update utility. Um, it lets you know, hey, uh, RC2's out or RC3's out, and or this PBI needs an update. And uh, the new PBI system is just uh, downloading the diffs between what version you have and the new updated version. So you'll no longer see like 160 meg Firefox mm. upgrades or updates. So um, that's cool. And you know, there's a new control panel, and it's uh, and we have meta packages. Um, so you could kind of configure your desktop, you know, either for GNOME or for KDE, or if you want LXDE, you can do that. I guess that was one of the recent things that, that PCBSD did, because it used to be focused primarily on the KDE desktop environment. Right. Because um, that's sort of a redundancy by saying KDE desktop environment, <laughs> the DE. Um, but now I guess it's trying to be a bit more agnostic among a couple different desktops. Yeah. So the, we, we actually support the, I think, what the four major ones are is known KDE, Fluxbox, or I mean uh, LXDE and XCFE4, but we also have... Fluxbox, um, TWM, Awesome, and some other window managers that we don't support, but they're in there. Which one do you use primarily? KDE. Yeah. <laughs> simple, and I guess you've been used to it. Right, yeah. And uh, actually, uh, the last the last RC update um, broke my KDE. Uh, mm -hmm. There's some something in, there's some cache in VAR that uh, needed to get RM'd. <laughs> and then, but, so I had to use GNOME for a couple days before uh, somebody figured it out on the list, and I was like, oh, sweet, I'm back on the KDE, but. <laughs> yeah, I noticed the, the KDE booth was right across from the uh, FreeBSD Foundation and PCBSD booth, so yeah. who knows whether there was a, a lot of smiles going on between that group. Yeah. I'm sure KDE likes to see projects that are proponents of their desktop. Yeah. Um, I'm not a KDE user myself, I'm, I'm always on the command line, but nice. uh, yeah, excited to see where it's going. But at this point, you're, you're still finding it to be a very usable desktop system and sure. yeah. does what you need to do. And I guess IX uses that on a lot of their desktops just around the office. Yeah, most. Um, I, there's a couple GNOME heads, but uh, everyone seems to like KDE. It works really well. So they, you know, it's easy to get out to our uh, free NAS share um, mm -hmm. using their, the Dolphin file manager and stuff like that. And I think IX hired um, Drew Levine to be part of community management. Mm -hmm. is, is she doing stuff for both PCBSD and FreeNAS and, and yeah. other kinds of things? Uh, yeah, all of it. She's, uh, she's great. She's been pretty much um, guiding us and the community um, and kind of trying to um, keep everyone informed and updated. And, and uh, she also pings me when, when there's some stuff needed to do on the forum that, that she can't quite do or needs to get done. <laughs> yeah, because I, I imagine, like, particularly with um, FreeNAS, when a new group takes it over, and particularly a commercial organization, there might be um, a situation where community members step back, because mm -hmm. they find, I guess, someone else is taking it over, and I don't know whether you've had a sense that the community is still very robust, and you're getting a lot of submissions, and, and besides just, you know, how do I do this questions, whether or not you're getting a fair amount of contributions. Um, there's actually um, a few um, really active community members that are kind of the go-between between, between uh, us and the rest of the community. They're kind of like the, the voice, right? Um, and Proto on, on the forums, and, uh, and there's a couple others that he's helping out with. But, um, but yeah, the, the, the community seems to uh, still be there, and, and they're still strong. Um, they're in the, the, the forums and the, the IRC channel, and, and we're in there too, so... You know, there's 
every once in a while there's there's uh, there's an uproar, but you know we try to we try to uh, do what we can to keep them happy. And I guess the big test will be once the plugin system is ready to yeah. see whether or not there, there's a fair amount of contributions. Yeah, and I'm hoping there will be because I'm going to write a really detailed blog, like step by step. This is how I did it. This is how you can do it. And if James Nixon can do it, <laughs> anyone can do it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, that should be interesting. I guess at that point, you just have no idea where the community is going to take the product. Yeah, I'm thinking they're going to they're going to um, you know take control of the whole media center type deal for the you know that side of the NAS. But um, who knows? I I thought I initially thought that people would see that we're using Django and and notice that there's a lot of documentation on it and just start you know committing you know minor bug fixes and stuff. And we haven't really seen a lot of that. Um, I'm hoping that with the introduction of the plugin system, that maybe the community gets more involved with the code. Um, I definitely wouldn't mind uh, mentoring some people in. Um, I can help out for a while, and then I'm sure people will surpass me. <laughs> and with FreeBSD 9 just around the corner, I mean, as you're saying, on PCBSD, which tracks FreeBSD, you're on RC3. How closely is FreeNAS going to track the FreeBSD 9? I believe our next major release will be on FreeBSD 9, and I think the idea is to do what we're doing with PCBSD, where we're where we're releasing in a similar time frame. Sure. Well, that should have some real benefits in 9, although I guess um, IX backported certain ZFS features into the 8 series in order to provide the true NAS features that they needed, but eventually those will be in all in the public right. side of it. Yeah. So that should be pretty neat. Yeah, so it kind of gives us a head start, I guess, um, and then everybody gets to enjoy it when, when the 9.0 version is released. Yep, and we'll see what that does. Hopefully, uh, yeah, I, it seems to me that, that at this point, FreeNAS and TrueNAS, I mean, I, hard to know, I don't use TrueNAS, but that you know, it's a relatively stable product. So, you know, yeah. It's just the f missing features from the transition, but what sure. features are in there, I guess, you know, you save files to it, and then you get your files back, which is yeah. the biggest part of it. Yeah, there's uh, there's been um, there's been some confusion on uh, initial setup and stuff, and that's uh, why I mentioned the wizard and, and wanting to get that finished. Um, but uh, you know, some we just uh, hired um, a guy from Cisco actually, uh, Garrett Cooper, and he's been um, taking care of all of our customers on the TrueNAS side of things and. And you know, sometimes people config themselves into a hole, and so he's our he's our guy to get you out. So yeah. he's been really good at that, and and it's uh, it seems like you know some people just get the get their true NAS box, and they're and they're good and they're golden. But then other other people they some they don't get it. So uh, hopefully with the uh, evolution of the interface, we can make it a lot easier not only for new customers to set this up, but easier for Garrett to help customers get it set up. Yeah, and I, I work at a K-12 school district, and, you know, I mean, I don't think saving money is unique to K-12 school districts, but it seems like they're always trying to do stuff for almost no money, and the various lists that we have that we all subscribe to, FreeNAS does seem to come up a lot when people are looking for a way to create file servers, mm -hmm. um, particularly when they're trying not to um, set up a Windows file server. In, in Maine, um, the bulk of students are provided a laptop by the state, mm -hmm. and they're Apple laptops. So it sort of throws us out of that um, 
single Microsoft world where you would have a Microsoft file server with Microsoft clients. And so that, that sort of opens the window for, well, because you're never going to have that full integration, you might, you know, you're free to choose something else. And so I, I do see FreeNAS is often recommended by people. Nice. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good choice, and uh, you know, it's I'm I'm really happy that um, IX adopted the project because it's nice to see um, you know uh, an open source uh, NAS solution on BSD as opposed to Linux because there's so many of them out there. Yeah, you know, I guess from a proponent of BSD side of things, given that um, the original developer of FreeNAS was thinking about possibly moving over to Linux because he was really spending much more of his time there. It was great that someone was able to continue that BSD lineage. Sure. Yeah, yeah Olivier didn't really have the time um, to k keep on trucking, so uh, his second-in-command uh, was, you know, he's doing the bulk of the work for the last couple of years and was very involved in basically the upkeep of of uh, what, what what they were using the monowall framework and stuff is really hard for him to add features. Um, so, and he's a Linux guy, so he you know he was going to use what was comfortable comfortable for him. Um, but you know, IX has been using FreeNAS and a lot of people for you know the last five years, and it's on BSD and it's great, right? Let's eat our own dog food, mm -hmm. you know. So when we heard that he was going to bring it to Linux, we really wanted to give the community the option, and uh, Olivier, you know, he didn't mind uh, He didn't mind getting help from IX, so I know. Yeah, it seems to me that ZFS is really one of the killer features, sure. and given the licensing and everything else, it, it, I guess it's been easier to incorporate or keep ZFS within uh, BSD than it has been on the Linux side, so that's still, I think, a until some of the other Linux file systems, I think it's BTRF. There's some other ones that I think are butter. Gonna, yeah. yeah, they're going to start maybe being featured. Yeah, you know, comparable. But right now, ZFS is. I mean, when we're here at this Lisa conference, large installation system administrators. I mean, major companies, and you're seeing. You know, Linux is very popular, but you're also seeing ZFS mentioned all the time. And you know, I, I guess there are ways to get ZFS on Linux, but. Um, yeah, people claim that it's being done, but uh, I don't. I don't know if it actually works or if the performance there to make it realistic. I mean, I, I imagine ZFS on uh, Linux is probably like, you know, emulating Dreamcast in two thousand four. It was possible, but it was one frame a second. <laughs> so, yeah. well, let's hope that that uh, continues to work out and that ZFS continues to uh, improve you know, yeah. over time. I guess people are a little worried with uh, some microsystems being purchased by Oracle and what's the future of sure. uh, Oracle and their relationship with ZFS. But I guess the BSDs are where it's definitely going to live on. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever see anything past um, version 28. I know the, um, Oracle has uh, a, a later version that has more features, but... Uh, I'm, I'm sure that we'll keep on doing it ourselves and hopefully uh, expose some of those features uh, with code we wrote. So, <laughs> um, I know we're working on a ZFS daemon. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this. <laughs> so, but maybe don't. <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh, How about this? Keep your eyes out for some cool new things coming. Is yeah, that maybe the, exactly. uh, the way to put it? Yeah, so I think we got like, you know, drive failure notification and blinking lights and, and yeah. some other cool stuff, but... Cool. Well, great. Well, I'll, I'll let you get back to the booth, I'm sure. Uh, there's a pile of people wanting to see what's going on there, but thank you for taking some time. Thank you. All right. If you'd like to leave comments or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. 
And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 210.